Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the Backyard Banter Podcast. My name is Matt Harmon. If you've been listening to the show, you know that what we're talking about here is not necessarily football takes or fantasy football advice or anything like that. We're actually talking to some of the best people in the industry and getting to know their story about how they got to where they are in order to help other people along that path. But before I introduce today's guest, I want to tell you that this podcast is sponsored by Reality Sports online.com, a powerful fantasy platform that lets you manage your fantasy team like a real-life NFL general manager. Use the promo code BYB10 for 10% off the platform fee. That is BYB followed by the numbers 1 and 0. So today we've got a really good guest on, another one of my NFL uh, fantasy colleagues there at, at NFL.com, and that's Adam Rank. So Rank, you're the 13th guest I have. I know that's an unlucky number, but I feel like you have the charm to turn that around. I feel like it is a very lucky number. I'm, I've always been fascinated with the number 13. There was a uh, former LA Ram, Kenny Washington, the, uh, the first player to break the uh, cross the NFL's color barrier in the era. And he wore number 13. So I'm very honored. And it's apropos because the Los Angeles Rams are back. Uh, the only thing that needs to come back is Matt Harmon needs to come back to NFL.com fantasy because it's not the same without you. I love that you're doing this and I love that you're, this is sponsored. I don't think NFL fantasy live podcast is sponsored. The backyard banter sponsored. I think that, I think that should be telling. I hope people are understanding. This is <laughs> the Madison Avenue is spoken and they're saying, listen, we want to back this young man, Matt Harmon, the NFL fantasy, yeah, whatever. Those guys are nice, whatever. But the backyard banter deserves a sponsorship and it has one and I'm and I'm honored and privileged to be on well that's that's very kind of you and yeah I mean I think that is pretty telling I think that says pretty much all you need to know about the about the state of things right now and rank actually it's funny that we're on a podcast together I'm going to tell this story to the audience before we get started on on your story the first time so the first time rank and I met we actually had a pretty uh, contentious uh, interaction. If, if if you remember, I didn't know that we'd. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I would. So I talked on the last episode actually about how I don't really care about sports. Um, you know, I love football obviously, but I don't really care. I don't care at all about other sports. So the first time that uh, Rank and I met each other, he was actually saying something about baseball which is like ugh, I could care less and he mentioned the name Mike Trout and I was like who's Mike Trout and I think at first rank thought that I was just being like an ironic you know young jackass uh, that was just being like a hipster to pretend I didn't know but then I when I was like no I really don't know you just kind of walked away uh, and it was a, it was a week after that that it, that was pretty much the basis of our interaction was this this these negative feelings about the fact that I did not know who Mike Trout is I, I know who he is now but um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's funny that we, we but we ended up you know developing a really good uh, relationship I feel like especially after I took over doing your rankings for a while there and <laughs> you, know, you became one of became one of uh, my, one of my favorite people at the NFL media office and I don't say that just because I'm talking to you right now Ah, uh, well, that's very nice of you to say. I, uh, yeah, I, I believe too. This statement about Mike Trout—you were rocking the invisible tie, so that's really hard to really comprehend. Like, is this guy just having a go because he know? Like, a lot of people uh, might know that I'm a huge Angels fan and that, so I could see. So it was—it's cool though. I, this is the one thing that I like, and I like uh, interacting with young people. This is—that's what I say now. I like interacting with the kids and uh, finding out, like, ah, you know what? The things that I necessarily hold dear 
to my life. Like not everybody believes that way. So it was something, it was off, not off putting, but it was, it was a little bit shocking because at the same time, I'm like, you live, well, you don't live, you weren't living in Southern California for a very long time at the, at the, at that moment. And he still is one of the biggest names in baseball. I think it's more of a, a damnation on how people feel about baseball now that it's more of the niche sport and it's not necessarily the, the uh, national pastime or something that I grew up. I, you know, I grew up in Southern California. So you're basically forced to play baseball at an early age and I'm left-handed too. So there was, there was no way I was ever quitting baseball. My dad would not have allowed it. So, um, so it's a big thing, but I think like that, that was good though. Cause we had that Rocky moment right off the top mm-hmm. and then it allowed us kind of like, I, I don't know. I kind of admired you for it. And I'll tell you this now, I, now that you're not here and I don't see you day to day, I will actually say something nice about you in your presence. But no, it was really like, I, I really did, but I appreciate that kind of thing. I like some, I like young guys who, who stick to their guns. And there was, there was a time when we can get into this a little bit later, but I was the young guy walking into the office, not like, not that you didn't necessarily care about what I thought, but like sticking, like people are like, you see the interns here all the time. They're like, ah, oh, you know, they're too afraid to say what they feel, but you came out, you had an opinion, you stuck to it. And I admired that. So when you took over my rankings, I said, listen, this guy, this is the guy that's this. I, w- I would rather just follow your rankings than my rankings. Anyways, you probably know more than I do. So that's what I want to do. That's what I do in life as I write a lot of coattails. So I said, you know what, I'm going to hitch my, I'm going to hitch myself to this wagon and just go along for the ride. Well, it's been a damn good ride uh, on my end, I, I think. So, no, it, it is very funny that, yeah, I mean, well, and that's who I am. I, I never, re- it's not that I don't care what people think, but, uh, you know, just always be yourself is an important thing, you know, no matter what uh, somebody else might think about that. But let's, let's wait, wait, hold on. No, no, no. My favorite, my favorite Matt Harmon story, even about the trout thing, because that was fun. That, that was a good time. The best was, and for people who don't know, we have this great manager. Uh, her name's Duke. She was the head of fantasy. And she's really like a really uh, a great manager and she really promoted teamwork and wanting everybody to work together and be collaborative. So every week on Wednesday afternoons, we'd have these meetings and periodically or not every week, she would choose three to four people to get their life story, so to speak. Better know a teammate is a thing that it was called. And so Matt gets up there and he's showing Charlie because everybody would go for the dog pictures because like it's a lot of young people. So they don't necessarily have the child. Like I whip out the child pics. I'm like, hey, here's my daughter. She's cute. Um, And so for Matt, he's showing the dog. And then he's talking about how he's a TV snob and just being like, "Uh, if you like new girl, I won't look at that crap. And I don't don't know if I can work blue here. But you you were if it wasn't new girl, it was. It was third, not third rock. It was the, the geek I think show. It was Big Bang Theory. Big that's, Bang Theory. That's, that's the cause, one. Because I actually just recently watched the entirety of New Girl in like a two-week period. So I've officially relinquished the TV snobs <laughs> title. But anyways, continue. That's a good show, though. That's it a fun show. It is a really show. good show. Yeah, and a girl showed it to me. So I was like, oh, well, of course it's good. <laughs> yeah, of course. I love this show. I love Zoe Deschanel. Actually, uh, do, you, do you like Zoe's, Zoe's sister is on the show Bones. Oh, really? Because I don't like I think her name's... Her, yeah, that show's terrible, but you're like, oh, Emily Deschanel or whatever her first name is. Uh, I'm like, oh, that's really weird because her sister plays this, like, scientist or whatever, and Zoe's just kind of goofy and whatever and cute and one of my favorite actresses. So I like that show. So I think that's a good show. I'm a, I feel like I'm a, a TV snob a little bit. I don't know. Um but a little bit, right? Where were you, though? Were you involved in this friends discussion that we had on Twitter yeah, recently? Yeah, I, I was in the middle of that. Um, 
and I I I like to not my football takes and like my work or anything. I don't like be you know over the top to just to be over the top and like to get attention. But if there's a discussion about a thing like friends on Twitter, I'll be intentionally more aggressive about like the fact <laughs> that I think it sucks just to annoy people. And yeah, so I I don't like I don't care for friends. I don't find it entertaining, and I don't care about the structure of the show because I just don't think it's very good. Right, and I understand that, and I, yeah, I understand. I I couldn't remember. It's kind of hard. It was hard to keep track because I know Dan Hansis of Around the NFL is a huge Friends fan. You and I couldn't tell where Marcus and Alex Gelhar were coming in on that too. Oh, Alex is I, a staunch defender. Of friends. Yeah. Okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He's, he's, it's weird because he's a, he's kind of a young kid like you. So that the fact that he liked it and it was weird to me because I was actually, when friends came out, I would have uh, been in high school or whatever, or just starting college. And uh, I always worked Thursday nights because if you worked in bars and stuff like that, Thursday night was always a night that you had to work. So I missed that. And I think Seinfeld was at its tail end too, or whatever. So I kind of missed that stuff. Um, so I watched Friends in syndication and it always bothered me because then it's it was the first way to like really binge watch something because now everybody just able to binge watch it by recording it and all that stuff. But back when things started getting into syndication is when you could really binge watch something. So I remember binge watching it and watching the character digression because in season one, there's an episode where Chandler and Joey are taking Ross to a, to a Rangers game. And they're kicking around an apple or a can, and they're like naming all the Knicks, like, oh, Leach, Tomessier, blah, blah, blah. Mike Richter saves, you know, and it's like, oh, so Chandler knows sports. And then in the last episodes, he's he's this effeminate person who's never seen a sporting contest in his life. And I'm like, what the what, what that was the thing? But <laughs> Yeah. And That's it's a- and it sucks because and Bill Lawrence who is the creator of Scrubs, which is uh, which might be my favorite television sitcom of all time. I like Scrubs. Uh, he was on the first season of Friends. Yeah, he was on the first. He wrote the first season of Friends, and he felt like he really connected with the Chandler character. So that might have been why Chandler was really good in season one, and then kind of digressed. That's really interesting, and this is great too because I know the guys get on you on the Fantasy Live podcast for filibustering and and taking these long rants, but on this podcast we get to do that here. Is it like welcome? First, okay. That's oh yeah. Nice. I mean the first. I mean the first five minutes here, we basically talked about nothing that's really been uh, on the. It's been important. Uh, this yeah. is well, no, this no, no, is no. I, I wasn't going to say not important. I was going to say not on the quote unquote agenda, which by the way, right. I never carry an agenda on these podcasts. Uh, no, I know what I'm going to say, but no, it's it's TV is funny and and. It, it, and I you eventually did in that same Friends discussion when Dan Hansis was basically tweeted back at us like, you know, not liking Friends is a cheap way to get a uh, hipster TV cred. And that's when I said the thing about New Girl. I was like, yeah, like a month ago I watched the entire series, the entire <laughs> like seasons, all five of them that are on Netflix in like two weeks. So I think I've relinquished any hipster TV cred. But no, those those better no, know things. Those better know teammate meetings were uh, they're they were they're interesting because. I always found that the old I what I always what I was always pointing out to people is that the older guys like you know I remember Dylan Milner the the, the executive producer of uh, NFL Fantasy Live and some of the other older guys that that were there would their 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 presentations would be so much longer than all of ours <laughs> like like mine was like 5 minutes and I was like yeah this is me all right let's keep it moving so there's it just, really it really is a glory days type of thing with people really like storyboarding everything like that. And you know what's funny is I actually haven't done mine yet, and I need to do it. 
And I'm going to go out there and in that frame, because I know you and I know Zach Posner, who is a writer for me on The Weekender and on Madden NFL Live. Not that we needed writers on Madden NFL Live, but just want to go out and get some cheap plugs in. Um, we he also he also noticed that too. Like the older guys are always the ones who are like, I'm going to go back to my backstory, and here's like, and I like, I get it, and I don't. I mean, like for me, I feel like you would want to see pictures of my kid. You would want to see pictures of me with hair, and that's about it. I think that's basically what everybody wants to get down to. And speaking of which, and to tie this all into our friends discussion. Uh, when I was a younger male, and you could probably picture it now if you did put hair on my head, I actually looked a lot like Matthew Matthew Perry. Chandler. Oh, really? That, uh, yeah, and that was – yeah, and you know, and one time I was in Las Vegas, and I was in this casino called the Westward Ho. It's torn down now. It was across the street from the Riviera. And this Australian guy stops me. He goes, hey, mate. He goes, you look like that guy. And I'm like, okay, who? He goes, that's the guy from Friends. What's his name? And I go, Chandler. Or, no, no, I said Matthew Perry. And he goes, no, that's not his name. And I'm like, if this guy says I look like Schwimmer, we're going to throw. Because that's not – that is not – definitely not cool. Because now the funny guy, you know, like the guy who makes the jokes like, could I be born? I'm like, oh, yeah. I go, I go, Chandler. He's like, that's him. That's him. I go, okay. He goes – and then he stops me. He goes, but, you know, like, you look like him when he was doing the drugs and his face got all puffy oh, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that's terrible. And I go, uh, could I look more like the fat Chandler? I don't think so. And uh, so he laughed and I walked away. And so I'm walking away and the guy's trying to get my attention again. And I don't really want any part of him. And he's like, hey, mate, hey, mate, hey, fat Chandler, get over here. So he comes over. We play craps. Uh, He's calling me fat Chandler. And I'm like, I want to lose 40 bucks and get out of there. But unfortunately, I go on the roll of a lifetime and people are gathering and there's like it, it, it really turned into a friend's episode because like a, a tour of uh, Asian tourists show up at the table and now the table's packed and I'm fat Chandler to everybody and rolling dice and doing whatever. And then and thankfully, it was like 2 p.m. on Friday afternoon. So for the whole weekend, I'm walking through the Westward Ho and people would stop me. Oh, fat Chandler. Oh, he's a good role. You know, I'm like everybody's right. shaking my hand. It was pretty fun. So it now comes full circle. So that's when I do better know a teammate, I will do that. Probably share that terrible story. And, uh, but I'll try not to make it long. I'll understand. I'm going to have a little watch with me. Like try to get it. I think about 30 seconds. I'll try to yeah. get in and out and uh, try to let people go on with their day. Less than two minutes. Some of those guys literally took, I would, I was paying attention to, they would literally take 10 minutes and it was like, Oh God, this is painful. <laughs> and this is, you guys, they, would, been- they really, they really needed like one of those lights that they have at the comedy clubs, like at the improv or the guy with the flashlight, like just sitting there timing people like, yeah, two minutes. Like here's the click. They did get off the stage. Yeah. Carmen's really too nice, it. but she needed somebody there to, I would have volunteered. She needed somebody to do the wrap up music, you know, like when <laughs> one of those jokers. Them off. Yeah. Uh, you guys, the listeners of the podcast are getting the full Adam rank experience right now that we've jumped from like several topics and none of them have been on point, but <laughs> let's, let's get into your story here a little bit rank. So I always ask the guests at the start of the podcast and now we're no longer at the start of the podcast, but nevertheless, how did you first fall, you know, fall in love oh, no. with, with football or, or fantasy football, whichever one you want to tackle that tell us that backstory a little bit. Well, I'd always uh, been a football fan. My dad, my dad was kind of a sports guy, but wasn't like a huge, uh, huge 
he likes sports. I, I'll, I'll put it that way. But even outside of baseball and, and like, I think they wanted me to participate because I think they just wanted me out of the house. So, uh, but I really, I, I love football. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I grew up 22 minutes from uh, Angel Stadium, home of the home of the Rams and the Angels. And uh, so really got into it that way and was just kind of, kind of one of those nerdy kids that in addition to liking comic books and things like that, I also collected football cards and played a lot of video games. And that was the cool thing about, you know, having Tecmo Bowl growing up and then eventually Madden and everything is you would learn every player's name and just know everybody and you could re- recite names and everything like that. And I think like I could go back and if you look at the original Tecmo Bowl, like I know all the team, like, oh yeah, like I know who Michael Downs is for the Dallas Cowboys for no other reason than one of our buddies loved playing with the Dallas Cowboys and Michael Downs was always making plays. And it's like, I have no, he could sit next to me at one point and, uh, and uh, I wouldn't know who he was, but if he said his name, I'd be like, Oh yeah. Number 26 for the Cowboys. You stopped Eric Dickerson one time and I didn't appreciate it. Well, there you go. So uh, when was, what was your first experience like playing fantasy football and how did that start? You know, we were uh, we were doing that in college. Like uh, again, like I I like sports and kind of gravitated to people who are into it. And we started it with baseball, and we would play fantasy baseball, and we would do it kind of like fantasy football, where you would draft your lineup, and we wouldn't do it rotisserie style like a lot of people who play fantasy baseball do the five by five or the traditional rotisserie. We were actually doing head to head based on the weekend games because we figured every team played Friday. There was nobody off on a Thursday or anything like that. So you didn't have to worry about that. And we would do it head to head. And it got pretty, it got pretty contentious. And then we started doing fantasy football as well. And I remember uh, the first fantasy league I actually did was with some college buddies. And it was a, uh, it was an auction draft. And I remember these guys, Thurman Thomas, no, 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 excuse me. Marshall Falk was like just coming into his own as a, a member of the Colts. It's just before he got traded. And so the bidding just went crazy. And I was just sitting there waiting it out. Did not, did not know what I was doing. And then all of a sudden, I just knew Marshall Falk was good because I was remembered him at San Diego State. And I'm like, boom. And I bid on him and did all that stuff. And then from then on, I was hooked because it just kind of combined everything that uh, I really enjoyed about uh, sports was, was statistics. And uh, I guess I want to say gambling, but, you know, we did kind of – wager beers on it here and there so it was a lot of fun and it was a cool way to get involved and at this point we were starting to lose our team and it was pretty evident at at some point that the Rams were going to move so actually yeah like they were going to move and then they moved and so this was a way to keep interested in football because it was so easy to be like you know what like I don't really need to follow this sport the Lakers are good or they were good the Kings were good at that time the Lakers weren't as good but the LA Kings were good and so there was other things I could have done, but fantasy football like kind of kept my mind into it. Yeah, I, I want you to share a little bit about your relationship with the Rams. Uh, go <laughs> go into that for us, just because I think that 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 paints a very important picture of of Adam Rank as a as a person in relation to football. Yeah, it really um, it's weird having a team that just goes away. And and I I know one of the things that really always bothered me was that people contended that the LA Rams weren't supported. And even when they moved to Anaheim, they weren't supported. Now, I don't really remember them as a team playing in the Coliseum. My experience with them was at Anaheim Stadium. I always figured that they played there. 
And so, and I really just enjoyed going to the games. And as a kid, we would go to the, uh, one of our neighbors had priests or uh, had season tickets for the Rams. And every year we would get like one of the preseason games we'd get to go to. And it was really cool. And it wasn't like, like you didn't know the difference. Like I know a lot of people bitch about the preseason now and these games are meaningless, but when you're a little kid, it doesn't really matter because you're getting there early. You want to run down and try to get Eric Dickerson's autograph, but he was kind of a jerk and didn't want to sign. So whatever. I got his autograph now. Jokes on you, Eric. Now you're groveling back. Oh yeah. When you're out of the limelight. Oh, Oh, you, he's giving away his autograph. You go to the Beverly Center and he's just giving away his autograph. But at the time, he was a big deal. And I remember that. Like, oh, like Marcus Dupree was this dude who played at Oklahoma, who went to the USFL. He had like this crazy story, I think 30 on him. And I remember him coming to the Rams. It was kind of a big deal locally. And just being a part of that. And it was really cool. And then that last season in 1994. Just knowing, because in 1993, they were rumored to be moving to Baltimore, and then that didn't work out. And so we're like, okay, so it seemed like we were safe. And then in 94, you kind of got the impression that, like, okay, they might stick around, they might not, but it was, it was appearing that they weren't going to do it. And the last game I went to was in October of 1994, was the Rams versus the Falcons. Tommy Maddox. A lot of people might know him as an NFL bust, but Tommy Maddox, who would eventually go on to lead the Los Angeles Extreme to the only professional football championship that matters because I don't recognize the Raiders championship. Um, he would go on, but he played in that game. It was eight to five. And I'm like, you know what? If this is NFL football, like, just move. Like, I'm done with it. Like, whatever. And so that was it. And so a lot of people, when they, I know some people, who kind of still stayed with the Rams, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm like, look, they're leaving us. It's like when your girl breaks up with you, you're still not a fan of her. You don't like her. Don't, you're not friends with her anymore. She's gone. Let her go. So uh, super bitter. Let them go. And uh, I didn't support a team. I actually I had Chargers. I tried Chargers. The thing that sucked was that like, oh, so like it seemed like natural. You would just kind of be a Chargers fan. Like other local – like. Where I grew up wasn't too far away from San Diego. It's actually, uh, it's not, okay, it's not really close, but it's like halfway between San Diego and LA. And it's actually easier to get to San Diego from where I live. So, I okay. So, it would have made sense to just be like a full-on Charger fan. But in 1995, the Chargers went to the Super Bowl. And you're like, well, I don't want to look like a bandwagon fan who's just showing up. That's a tough being, spot. You know what I'm saying? You're like, yeah. I don't want to be that guy. So, yeah, so you really couldn't go all in on that. So I just kind of floated around. And that was one of the cool things about fantasy is that it allowed you to still have a connection to the NFL. What's up, Charlie? Um, it allowed you to have a connection to the NFL. Like, he's with me. Like, that's the one thing. Like, he's backing me up. Because I, I, yeah. I've i always been again. Like, I, I almost kind of have a legitimate beef with people who are still fans of the team in St. Louis and are now welcoming them back. Like, you're not welcome back. You turned your back on us. Like, the people who shunned that team should be the ones here welcoming them back. Like, if you're if – you like, I, I'm of the mind, too. Like, I would – I know there was a story, like, the Super Bowl trophies on a rider truck coming on out to Los Angeles. I'm like, you know what? Keep that thing in St. Louis. I don't need it. I don't need to see it. Let the, let the Cardinals keep it or – Go to the blue. Actually, that's the best thing. The Blues haven't won anything. Let them put the banner up in their stadium. Let them put the, let them put the Super Bowl trophy because that's something the city of St. Louis won. That was something they were a part of. I really think they should be able to hold on to that as a memento, whether they would want it or not is a different thing, but they should be able to hold on to it. Um, 
So now they're back. And I guess uh, this filibuster again is going on and on and on. And I, I don't have a point as I often don't. Um, and I'm, I'm on the fence because a lot of people are like, well, are you going back? Are you just going to be a Rams fan? I'm like, well, it's, it's not that easy, you know, because it, it, it's well, last Last we spoke about it, you had a, a, a list of demands, which I, I remember did. when we, we tried to get them to follow the account to follow you on Twitter. Did that ever actually happen? Did they ever follow you? The, the LA Rams are following me on Twitter. They do? Okay, well, at least that's one demand. That's good. That's one, that's one thing. Like, start. We're, working, we're working towards it. You can't, you're, it's, it's like in that relationship, you meet up for coffee one time, you know, you feel each other out again. So that's kind exactly. of the follow on Twitter. Because a lot, yeah, exactly. Because a lot's changed in 21 years. I mean, I look at the Rams return to Los Angeles much in the same way as I look at the Guns N' Roses reunion. Like, I cared about this stuff a lot. 21 years ago. Now, like, oh, I'm in a different point in my life. I don't know. I don't know if I want to spend $300 on a ticket at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas and all the money that's going to take. And similarly, I don't know if I want to spend that money to go back and buy season tickets for the Rams because I don't want to be in that position that the first time they go out of town for a road trip wondering if they're going to come back or not. Because you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> no, Maybe but it's go, true. And I love they go to Dallas and they don't come back. You don't know. I love your story about this because it really – puts the anguish and pain of fanhood and that's something that like I don't have um in case you can't tell if you've been listening <laughs> to the podcast or, uh, there's like I care a lot about the things I care about and the things I don't care about I literally don't give a shit about it all so that's <laughs> <laughs> like and that's very much like why I'm a bad like you know I'm a panther supporter I guess it's my family's from Carolina like that's cool. my quote unquote team but I don't care if they win or lose and like I remember talking about a, a filibuster i went on a long rant on one of the fantasy live podcasts about like the titans hiring mark mike malarkey and how it just made me so upset because the people <laughs> that are going to support that team like they have to just like all right i'll just accept it i'm like no man if your team's bad to you just dump your team like it's I, so the relationship of it is very fascinating to me so i appreciate you uh your perspective on that story and how it very much is like being in a relationship with somebody it really is. And I, you know, that last final game that I went to in 94, the stadium was empty. I remember being chased around Anaheim because, yeah, that's right. Because when the Rams were there, it was Anaheim Stadium. It's Angel Stadium now. I remember being chased around by this security guard who just had a hard on for checking out. Like, he's checking our tickets. I'm like, there's nobody around. I'm like, he's like, well, I don't know. This is, you're not supposed to be. I'm like, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, there's 13 people in this stadium. Like, does it matter if I sit here, if I sit two seats? So the whole time, this guy would – and he would come over and talk to other ushers. And I'm like, you know what? I looked at him and I'm like, I'm glad you're not going to have a job when this team moves. Because you've ruined it. You've ruined my experience. I know. That's a terrible thing to say. And that's another – I do want to say that too. That's the one thing, though, I do – as somebody who grew up supporting the L.A. local – well, some of the L.A. local things. I'm an Angels fan. I'm an L.A. Kings fan. I'm a Lakers fan. Is that there? If people always make that comment, like, "Well, you guys don't support a team if it's not good," I'm like, "Yeah, that's the way it should be." Like, yeah. remember when Chipotle was was selling you shitty beef? Yeah, people stopped going. There. It wasn't like, "Were you? Did you still keep going?" You're like, "I'm a fan. I'm gonna still go. I'm getting food poisoning. <laughs> I might die, but I'm a fan." Like that's that's the way business works. If somebody's right. not putting out a product, not something you can, and that goes back to your point that I I agreed with you about with the Titans, like. If you're going out there and going through a process, and I think a team like the Jaguars are going through a process, they've got a young coach, they're like, okay, let's see where this goes. At least if you're going to a football game in Duval County, Florida, with a lot of my good friends down there, 
you know what? You have something to believe in. Like, okay, this organization's trying to do something. The Titans, they just seem like the dude who's cashing a paycheck. They're like, whatever. Like, we have to have a coach? Like, I guess. Uh, malarkey. Have you coached before? Yeah, okay, go. Give it a shot. Go, go. Yeah, well, like, you've fans, seen this guy coach. He's not good. The fans, to other NFL coaches. like, even when I was, when I tweet, was tweeting about it, they were replying like, yeah, well, you know, they might have a new owner, so they kind of just want him to be a placeholder. I'm like, so you're accepting the fact that they're just basically telling you they're literally spinning their wheels, and you're going to keep going there. Like, like to your point, that, that would be like if I had a plumber, and he keeps coming in and fucking up my toilet <laughs> every time. I'm not going to keep going to that plumber. You know, it's it's a subject that that I could rant on and on about just the insanity of of being a fan and and some of the psychological mm. things that you have to accept there. But rank, let's 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 talk a little bit more about your story here. And so, obviously, you're into fantasy football. You're into football. Obviously, you've got a lot of passion and feelings about things. How did you decide <laughs> to like channel that into into becoming a writer? Or where did you first get your start in the business? I, uh, you know, it's one of those things, nobody in my family, my dad is a, a Navy veteran. Uh, he grew up on a farm in, in rural Illinois and nobody in my family had ever gone to college. And I just kind of was like, I think I was the last hope because I was the youngest. So, uh, I was the last hope for uh, my parents, I guess. So I kind of was going to college and I, I didn't know what I was doing. And I was just kind of like, uh, you know, whatever you sign up for college. I had good grades in high school. So it's like, okay, and I'm going to Cal State Fullerton because it's local. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. And I was going to try to get baseball a go. And <laughs> that was hilarious. I don't know if you guys, like, as I'm about six feet-ish. Uh, I weighed like one left-handed. Uh, the guy who I would have would I, I would have competed against uh, in college is a guy named Mark Kotze, who uh, had like an 85-year – MLB career and just going out, just being on a field with those guys and watching, like when you're in high school, you think like, I'm, I'm hot shit. Like I'm pretty good. Oh, not good. Nope. 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 Like, they, like I could hit the ball far. I could run fast. I could, I could do all that stuff, but I, I didn't put the bat on the ball enough. And so then you watch somebody like that in the batting cage, you're like this never misses. And like everything's solid contact. You're like, Oh, please just cut me now. So I can go and just start my life anew. Like, I don't want to quit, but just get it, make it happen. And like, like, okay. And like, they would, at Cal State Fullerton, they had this thing, like all the people who tried out. So like, if you got recruited, that's one thing. They'll give you the benefit of the doubt and they'll stick with you. I wasn't recruited to play at Cal State Fullerton. So you had to go through a, so anybody who wasn't recruited had to go through an addition process. And afterwards they would put uh, all the names and they would break you in categories like above below average and then why are you even here or something like that it was terrible there was one guy who was like it was like d1 caliber uh some dude his name i have a friend of mine scott julius uh oh no but there were guys like you would be like okay like you're good like you could probably find another d1 school you might be able to play with it's not going to be here i was in the like yeah start studying like i hope you're good at something else category so i yeah so i had to like start getting serious about stuff and like I was a business major for no other reason because it's like, yeah, all right, whatever. You know, like that just seemed like the thing you would do. Like people right. would be like, hey, like, what do you want to do? with?" Like I always love sports and everything, but people are like, what do you want to do with your life? I'm like, I don't know. Like I want to wear like a white collared shirt with a tie to work and sit in a cubicle and make like a hundred grand and then bitch about my boss and then whatever. Like that's what people do with their life, right? I don't know. I really don't know. 
And so uh, one of my friend's moms uh, mm. was talking to me one day because I was complaining about college. This is hard. Like, I don't, I don't think I, I dig this very much. And she's like, well, why don't – she's like, what were you good at in high school? I'm like, I was good at writing. She's like, why don't you – you study in that, like Scooby-Doo, Shaggy, where they're like, what? I was also, and I don't judge me, but I, I don't have any older brothers, and I don't have people in my family who went to college. I didn't know what I was doing. So I joined a fraternity, which actually turned out to be uh, a little beneficial because, A, um, people were like, oh, you, you know, you could, like, study really wanted to go into that like you got to be kidding me and so uh stumbled onto it that way that's pretty much this this will be the theme of my life it's like stumbling into stuff like that like okay switched my man at that aforementioned rams game noticed that they had an nfl publishing office in los angeles i knew somebody whose brother-in-law worked there and like oh you should send in your resume and at this time i was writing uh, I was covering high school sports for the LA Times, and I went in and did an interview with a guy who was the former sports editor and former beat writer of the LA Rams for the LA Times, uh, a guy by the name of Chuck Garrity Sr. And he, like, I sat there for 20 minutes. He was like, hey, uh, you know Craig Stanky, and who's this guy, and do you know him, and you know Lon? And he's like, yeah, I know him. He's like, and we went through this thing of, like, who did you know type of thing. And he's like, okay, cool, so I'll – I'm like, oh, is that it? And he's like, yeah, I'll give you know, a couple of interviews. So uh, give me some clips and all that. And then I got hired. And then I did an internship there, which was really cool. Like, you know, it's a pretty big deal. Like, you, like look, you made the move across the country to come work for the NFL. You know what, like, a yeah. special thing it is? Because it's, hey, this is kind of a holy grail. And you're like, holy shit. Like, I really got So I, in, I, did, I did similarly, like, to what you did. Like, seven months, be off five. And at first, yep. when you're in college, it's cool. You're like, fuck, I don't want to work this whole time. Like, I don't want to work year round. And then after a while, you're like, oh, shit. Like, I really need I, I need yeah. a job and I need money. And so I was still, like, waiting tables. And I was, I was working uh, as a food runner for the improv because I still wanted to do comedy and stuff, too. So I was doing, like, all kinds of things. And then eventually, I'm like, one time on my internship, I just stopped. I, like, normally it was, like, because the way the publishing calendar went, uh, it usually your time ended in September, which is weird because, like, right when the season started, you would be done And because, like, most kids would be going back to school or whatever. So one time I just decided, like, I'm just going to keep showing up and see what happens. <sighs> and so I just kept showing up. And at some point, the uh, Mr. Garrity, I'm like, I had an office. For fuck's sake, I had an office. And uh, that's, the way, that's the way the NFL publishing group rolled. Uh, he walked in. He goes, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, we're going to bring you on full time. And uh, he handed me a yellow post-it note. It's like, yeah, here it is. Uh, this is what you'll be making. And, uh, yeah. And he walked away. That was it. Like, there's no ceremony. There's no email. There's no I am or anything. I was like, oh, I'm hired. So uh, that's what it is. It was a very George Costanza-esque. Uh, I just will try not to leave and see what happens and it worked out and uh i've been in the nfl for a while now that's that is really funny and even that is like an unusual story and i i didn't know that that was how that happened but 
even so, that's there are some kind of important points there for people to take away. One, like the the who you know stuff, that is incredibly important. And you know, even in my even in my story, like how Gelhar was the one that that knew who I was and picked out my resume amongst a bunch of other you know jackals or whatever, and that's how I ended <laughs> up getting that job. So you know, and you still got to, well, I still had to like make it through an interview process and all that. But nevertheless, like who you know is incredibly important. So like never it never hurts to, to, you know, make some relationships. I, I'm not a big networking person. I don't know about you, like, but that whole interaction always feels so phony to me, but just like, yeah, knowing people's important. So that's, I feel like now did he pick your, cause he knew your writing and that's how, yeah. when your resume came in, he was like, Oh yeah, I know this guy from being out and probably, he probably followed you on Twitter and stuff yeah, like we, that too. We followed each other on Twitter for a, a, a good while. And like we, I, we, I mean, we had never like gone back and forth or, or like, you know, we didn't, weren't friends or anything, but we just followed each other. So, and you know, he knew my name it was like, Oh yeah, I know him. I mean, like, you know, I know he does reception perception and he's got a good looking dog. So, I'll, you know, we'll, <laughs> inter- we'll interview him. So, I mean, yeah, the who, you know, stuff is important. Um, oh yeah, fill your Instagram with uh, cute dog pics. Well, did you, yeah, no, that is. I mean, key, it's key. I say that all the time. Just that's that's. that's I, I'm not. I'm not trying to be funny. I think that that like people like especially now. Like I can't imagine uh, the young people, like young all oh, the young people. But like you know, if you're a, if you're somebody who's uh, interested in something like this, who really wants to pursue a career in it, like I would probably do less less photos of you doing shots of fireball. <laughs> and uh and shit like that and more like like dog pics would be pre- it, like what you should really do is go look online and find all the articles about like what women want when they're looking for guys like when they go like because they say that like with um like if you're on match.com or something like that like oh have photos of like like cool photos of you with like friends or with your family and with dogs and things like that because it gives out an impression of somebody who's serious and got their stuff together so I feel like that's yeah. that's what your your online profile should be, and it's like don't don't feel like you need to get into like social topics um, or anything like that. Like you don't like I know one there was one person who was applying for something but was like railing against Title Nine, and it's like dude, like you're never getting hired because that is such a terrible like a, you're first of all you're just wrong, right? And second of all, it's like no, you cannot you cannot have a re- like. It just, you're, you're never going to be able to fully, no, it just stay away from that stuff. You can be funny. You can have, you can be snarky and stuff like that, but don't try to be outwardly mean and have a cute dog. It really oh, helps. Oh, certainly. And I mean, the dog thing, especially, I, I do joke about like Charlie, you know, I'm like there's 21,000 people following me on Twitter and like probably couple thousand of them are there for me but the other 18,000 are definitely there for Charlie you know I joke about that and uh, that's probably true but nevertheless like (laughs) having something like to distinguish yourself even if it's because we talk a lot on the show about having a unique piece of content how that helps like how reception perception is a big thing that you know makes me stand out and all that sort of stuff and other people have similar series and everything to their name as well but even just having something that's not about football you know, or not about sports, yeah. like, and a dog is a good way to like, yeah. And it helps to just be a, a human, be a person. And, and I think it is really important also what you were saying about, you know, not having an opinion on every social issue. Like, I mean, there's no, I, I definitely don't hold a lot back. Like if I think something, I'm going to say it on, on Twitter, but for the most part, I don't have any like outrageously offensive opinions, but like, you know, we talked about this in the Josh Norris episode, like sometimes it's okay to not have an opinion on something. Like you don't have yes. to have a take on everything. I, I promise you. 
No, it's true. Like, uh, even this morning, like ESPN, there was a controversy with one of their hosts um, with a T-shirt he was wearing. And I saw a lot of people weighing in. And I'm like, you know what? Like, this is not like, no, like that's stay away. Like, it, yeah. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of times that you're better off just saying, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out. And then just really, you know what? When Star Wars, when a Star Wars trailer comes out, then go all in there. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> then you feel a little bit safer. I know it's like a little disingenuous. Like I, I have opinions about a lot of things. And uh, if you've ever seen me do stand-up comedy, I will take very pointed opinions about a lot of things, but it's like, I'm not putting that out there on social media. And even today I joked about it because I have a, a public Facebook profile uh, page, Adam Ray Comedy, um, which I, I usually will litter. I use it for uh, fantasy football in addition to like comedy stuff. And today I did yeah. a thing like a little disingenuous, like, Hey, you know what? I know you should never be political. And you know what though? This has gone on too far. Like I can't, I can't stay on the sidelines anymore. I got to tell you something. I got to listen. I got to dish out some hard truths and you know what? And a lot of people might not like this and I might lose a lot of followers and I don't care because this needs to be said. And I, Spaced it out enough so you'd have to click in to see what I was going to say. And what it said, what it was, was basically this, is that if you don't like the trailer for Rogue One, that you and I cannot be friends. And oh, I just said, that was, that was my statement. And a lot of people, oh, that's fun. You know, it's like, you can be lighthearted and, and goofy like that. Because I know people, uh, I see people who, and especially now with the presidential election coming up, that a lot of people just don't want to hold their tongue. And I'm going to tell you what. You're yeah. never going to win. It's not a great idea. You're not going to win. And I know people, and I hate, the people I hate the most, I hate the most is the, I, got, I don't want to get in trouble for saying this, but like the people who are supporting Donald Trump, but not supporting him. And it's the people like I, who are like, look, if you want to be all in on Trump, go all in on Trump. Don't be the person who's hiding behind like, well, I just hate politicians. And so I just right. like somebody out there makes that like, you know what? That's worse. Somehow, somehow you're worse. Like you're, you're the worst of the, like, if there's people who are pro anti the, the wishy-washy, like, Hey, look, like at least take it. Like if you're going to be that person, like at least go down with the ship, at least have your opinion, even though it might be wrong, but you go with it. The worst people to me, we're definitely not going to, we're not going to stay on this topic long, <laughs> but uh, the worst people no. to me are the, one, the ones that say, um, Trump is just, uh, he's just saying what we're all thinking. He's just actually the one saying, I'm like, what the hell he's are really you not. thinking? <laughs> no, he's really no, not. He's, not <laughs> like, yeah. he's saying that, he's saying that offensive shit that at Thanksgiving that your great uncle might say after a few glasses of wine, but he's not saying what we're all thinking or, no. I don't know. but anyways, no, I agree with you. And, and. Yeah, I, I don't I like I said I tend to um I, I tend to share a lot about my personal life on Twitter and you know some of the things I believe um like gay rights are a big deal for me uh and so that's something I'll talk publicly about on Twitter and I don't really care if you give me pushback on that like women's rights is another thing I don't care about sharing that but there are certain things that I think or I believe that I think are probably just best left on the sidelines you know like I will I'll talk to my friends about those things you know like right yeah it, there's just a, a time and a place and, and I think that that is something that gets lost on people starting in the industry because not to mention like I know we've said this before, but you know, Twitter never forgets, man. Like, and if it's a bad football take or a bad fantasy take, believe me, you'll get you'll get shit for that, and you'll get just as much for like having a a, 
a controversial social take that people are going to remember. So if you have those sort of things, maybe keep them in your pocket. Um, yes. And actually, if you, I have wanna... to quant- if, if you have to quantify anything with like, hey, I don't mean to seem homophobic. Like, yeah, right. I already do. You yeah. already do. <laughs> it's, the I'm people, like a... it's the people that drive me nuts are the ones that say, I wouldn't say it, but I'm like, you just said it though. You just said it. Yeah, that, those people drive me nuts. Yeah, so if, if you have to, yeah, that's a good point. If you have to like qualify your statement at the beginning of it, it's probably a tweet you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't send. Just leave that yeah. one in the drafts. I wish you could make an app that your your Twitter would shut down if you had to start a phrase with like, I don't mean to sound racist, like your phone would just blow up. Yeah, <laughs> just the app yeah. just closes down. How did that happen? Your battery life immediately goes to zero. No, that's a good, we should, I'll, I'll work on that and get that as an app development, make some money off that. Um, let's steal your idea. Thank you. But rank I, before we get a little farther into your NFL.com NFL fantasy story, you talked about comedy. Uh, talk a little bit about like your comedy background and what that like, and you still, I know you still do some stand up. What is, what, how does that like helped you in this field become more of a, like, how has it helped your, your, football analyst persona to have that comedy background? Well, I think uh, you, you see a lot of people who are going into acting or anything like that. And when you're going to go on TV, you know, you have to learn presentation and things like that. Or even if you're going on radio shows and, and doing podcasts and things of that nature, you want to have the ability to like have a commanding presence, whether it's on a stage, whether it's on a mic or whatever it is. And I didn't, I didn't go into comedy just to be like, oh, I want to further my football career. I legitimately grew up loving comedy too. I remember on Friday nights, uh, there was a show called A&E's Evening at the Improv. There was a Caroline. There was a Laugh. There was like all these comedy shows, Comic Strip Live and all these cool things. And uh, my dad was, a, was an early riser. So he was always in bed. And my mom and I were nocturnal. So we'd always be up watching either something stupid like Planet of the Apes watching all these comedians. And I remember when guys like um, Drew Carey was like a relatively unknown guy or even uh, Sarah Silverman was like an unknown comic and really being into that and really wanting to give that a go. And that was one of the things when I was in college um, because early on before I switched to journalism and all that, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to make it. And I'm just going to college because my parents really, it's really important to them. And I really feel like I should be doing it. But I just want to go do, like if nothing else, I want to go out and do comedy. And we're starting to get into that racket and everything and doing the open mics and, and trying to, and obviously working at improv and that way. And it was really always just something that I really enjoyed doing. And I, this, I, I, you know, and it was, it's right. It's really, I know a lot of people are like, Oh, it's so ballsy to go out and do something like that. But I'm like, I really never felt that way. I always felt like it sucks to go out there and eat shit and like nobody laugh. And you're like, all right, like this isn't working out so well, but it's still a fun process. And so I was really into it and it did end up and because uh, the NFL publishing group I was working for, uh, we stopped going, we stopped being a thing in 2003 and I was obviously still working there and they laid us off. So we went on contract or we went freelance. I was still like ghost writing for Chris Collinsworth for his NFL.com column. And I was still writing some other things here and there. So I'm just kind of like bouncing around. And, uh, but it, it afforded me an opportunity to go out and do some comedy and kind of get a little act going and it's having a lot of fun with it. It's, it's a, it's a tough racket, you know, but, um, but it was a lot of fun. And then in 2007, I started working here again, full time. So, uh, well, you know, I didn't lose my, cause 
because the time gap wasn't too great. I didn't lose my pension or my benefits. So that was cool. Um, That was the key. That is the key. And so uh, I remember fighting our HR department on that because like I knew the raw, I knew the law and she didn't. She's like, nope, you don't get that back. I'm like, oh no, the CLA says as long as it's within five years, all that stuff is best. So go learn your legal briefs. Um, But I think I had a point. Oh no. Yeah. So I was doing that. So I was still doing comedy and I was working here, um, humping the desk, turning on like NFL.com. Like I wish you could see it in 2007, 2008, 2000. It was miserable. It was just AP stories that we would turn around, slap a couple of includes in. And uh, that was it. That was our business. And so I told one of our bosses, I said, listen, I go, this isn't really working out for me. I know I lied and said that I wanted to be an editor, but I didn't. I want to write. And uh, I really, I need to write. If not, like at school, you know, we'll both like go our separate ways. And this guy goes, well, you know, we only have one person doing fantasy football right now. If you'd be willing to edit his stuff, uh, we'll allow you to go out there and write it. I'm like, all right. Like, that's kind of cool. So, all right. So I was doing that. And then uh, they started doing these videos, these on-demand videos, and uh, they decided that they needed another person to do it. And they go, hey, Rank, like, don't you do stand-up comedy? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, hey, would you mind, like, sitting in and being, like, the second person on these videos? And I'm like, all right. And I was kind of, you know, huskier and, you know, whatever. But I just went out there, and I wasn't very good at first. I don't know that I'm good now, but whatever. Um but I went out there and just was doing it and it just kind of, you know, it all came to, again, like it's just one of those things like why I, like, I don't know. I, 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 it, it's inexplicable while I'm sitting here talking to you, like how I was able to, like, I'm not necessarily talented. I knew guys in college uh, who I, I, I went to school with who were much better on camera than I ever was. And guys, uh, even guys like guys like you who are very smart in fantasy football, who should have a bigger presence like people should be, they should be reading me. They're reading me. They should be reading you, not reading me. And uh, so it's just, again one of those inexplicable things. But you know, since I'm here, I'm enjoying it. But uh, I don't know. It's I don't know if that'll make people angry or not. I don't know. But um, but it's weird. It's just again the Costanzaism of like, yeah, all of a sudden I'm sitting here. I don't know how it happened, but here it is. Well, and yeah, but I think there's definitely some value in just being there and also <laughs> like, you know, because that's what that seems to be when people talk to me about getting started. That seems to be the hardest thing for people to do is just to actually put themselves in the position to to get noticed or be started to just get started and just start doing it. And I think those, so there's some value in your story there for sure about just being there and, and just always willing to kind of like, hey, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take this on. Or like also having the experience of, of comedy and being able, to have, being able to have people know you for that definitely helped you get noticed and be like, yeah, you can be on TV or, you know, we'll throw you in this video thing because you got experience doing that. So that's something important for people to take away. Um, but no, it's, it. I, I really do like to tell kids that is like when they, a lot of people ask, like, how do you do it? Like, honestly, just don't go away. Like, don't go like any, and it's the same thing for like comedy and acting and anything like that, or any industry that you really want to be into anything that you're really passionate about. If they're willing to just sit there and be like, listen, I'm not going away. Eventually uh, you'll wear people down and they'll uh, acquiesce to you. But that's, again, it's like a lot of it, like it it seems so cliche to be like, oh, it's who you know, and it's about showing up. It's like, it really is like, there's really like, 
I had there's I I knew again I knew ten people in college who were probably more talented than me. But you know, like people, life takes you in different directions. And you know, some guys are going out and kicking ass in other fields and going and you know making millions of dollars selling real estate or doing whatever they're doing. And it's like I just decided at some point that this is what I wanted to pursue, and that even though there were some lean years and there was times I was. I remember like one year I was making like 17 grand a year. I was just like, well, I'm just going to, wow. I'm just going to do it. I signed up for it. I even did internships in baseball. I know this would be foreign to you, but uh, I did an internship with the Dodgers, like, which was basically for free. It was just like, man, just keep doing all that stuff. Cause all that experience, hopefully and eventually it will pay off. Certainly. And, and speaking of paying off, uh, have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? Well, now you can, thanks to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. Reality Sports Online was designed by former NFL front office personnel and features a revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics actual NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to compete against each other to negotiate with and sign the NFL's top talent or sing to single or multi-year contract. The platform can host up to 32 teams and hosts and has tons of other cool features in addition to free agency like rookie drafts, multiple team trades, franchise tags, injured reserves, automated contracts, salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Test your general manager skills by visiting realitysportsonline.com and participating in a free mock free agency auction today if you like what you see and i know you will because i play on their platform use the promo code byb10 to receive a 10 percent discount on your league or team today fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com rank i know you've never seen any read like that there on the on the fantasy live podcast not only um, that not only that but you your segue was fucking perfect like it was just so seamless speaking of paying off and i'm like oh yeah i thought like I'm like, oh my god, this son of a bitch! Like, it's it's not it's not enough that your podcast is sponsored, but you got to be such a pro about it. Well, this I'm is jealous. the third. This is the third episode I've had now that's sponsored. So this was uh, the, we're getting we're getting we're getting there. We're getting good at this. We're getting we're getting a little bit better each bit by bit. But um, solid read. Who was yeah. your guy last week? Who who is our Liz was on at some point. Who is who is your person Liz, last week? Liz was episode. 10 then i had mark schofield on episode 11 and then last was adam pfeiffer he's kind of like that's right yeah he's freelancing around a couple places he's a younger guy than me so he kind of represented that like in progress sort of thing and i just realized now both you guys are adam and adam on the same week um didn't yeah. even notice. it's because to me i just call you rank but speaking of which rank um he's way better go back and listen to his Cut out on this one. I'd pull the cord and just go back no, and listen to Adam Pfeiffer. Please don't, please don't endorse that they stop listening to the podcast. I know. <laughs> let this one play out. Like, unplug it or whatever. Turn the volume down. Go mute play it. some Tetris. Yeah, mute it. Throw it in the other room. Do what you got to do. But definitely just give us that download number credit. Um, but, Rank, kind of closing out uh, your story here. Actually, you mentioned being – you mentioned being huskier at the time. And that's kind of something I want to ask you about. Like, cause I, I don't know if you know this or, or if you've ever seen me talk about it on Twitter, but it's something I actually want to write about too in the next couple of months. You know, I used to be 315 pounds. Like I used to be a, a big dude myself. And I kind of want to, I kind of want to get your story a little bit on that as well. Yeah. They, um, they, they really did shame me. They, you know, they, you mean they, like the NFL media or, yeah, I don't want to name names, but uh, yeah, like people kind of suggested like, hey, you know, if you really want to make a go of this, perhaps 
you'll make some lifestyle changes. And um, I wasn't quite, I didn't know that you're 315. Jesus. Yeah. Um, my heaviest, I was 315. Oh my gosh. That's I'm crazy. 224 oh my God. Right, I'm 224 right now. By the way, I'm at 5% battery life. This eats through your phone like nobody's business. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. We'll, we're winding down here. We'll, we'll get you out. Before so it, if I, before if I go off. out, if I go out, that's it. But I'll, I'll come back. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that to you people again. You've been so, so kind to listen this long. That's very sweet of you. I, um, but you know what it was? I, I will tell you. Like that, again, like sometimes these things can be broken down into the most simplest terms. And whether it's uh, for your job of being the person who shows up and never goes away and just knows a couple of people. And similarly, when it comes to weight loss, it was really a matter of eating less, drinking less, and working out more. And it was just something that at some point in my life where I was at my heaviest, I think I had gotten up to, I don't know if I ever got quite up to 260, but I was in the 250s easily. And uh, I just took a look at what I was doing. I was drinking, I don't think I was drinking a ton, but like on the weekends, I would throw them down and I was drinking soda. And I know you hate soda and I'm with you. If you, soda is, is one thing you got, like I still drink it periodically, but I'm more into coffee and, and stuff like that. Um, but I would go, I don't try not to drink your calories. Uh, watch what you eat. Don't go back for seconds. If you're going to Panda Express, you know what? I understand like you're in a bind or whatever, or it could be any place, you know, but you don't have to order the whole goddamn menu. You know, <laughs> you could, you could legal like, yeah. listen, you could walk into Panda Express and say, you know what? I'll take a one item bowl. I'll have the string bean chicken with vegetables. They'll fucking allow it. You don't have to, you don't have to go two yeah. item with the extra egg rolls. You can literally say like, I'm going to, I'm not going to eat as much. And that it's, I don't know what you did. I'm interested to, to hear how you did it, but that really was like the biggest thing. And I, I got the, my fitness pal tracked my calories and all of a sudden, and, it, and I did it too. It took me a year to lose like 50 pounds because I was losing like a pound a week and I really wanted to have that slow burn. So I knew it would stay off because obviously it stayed off for you. What was your secret? Yeah. Well, you look damn good now. So it definitely worked for you. And and that's, that's the best. Yeah. For me, I was, I mean, at first like getting from 315 where I was like my junior year of college, I was my heaviest. I was at 315. I dropped down to like 280 by the time I graduated college. That was like, that was really like just making the slightest of changes, like not drinking 18 beers, you know, every weekend night or four, like four, like binge drinking four nights a week. That, right. That's not doing that. Even some, even my senior year, I was like drinking wine a lot more. And like, of course, all my friends in college were assholes about that, which I was like, you guys are just aren't cultured. And <laughs> that's probably where, <laughs> that's probably where I started that part of my persona and was just, yeah, like eat, instead of eating like a bunch of red meat, would eat some more, you know, grilled chicken. That was like basic stuff. But then, dropping down from like 280 to 230 that like the big the big period of weight loss that was just like that was going to the gym six days a week um like and being there for at least an hour and now i cut out like carbs and sugar completely from my diet for like three months like no bread no yeah. So, and really the only time now, really the only time I get a bunch of carbs in is, is with beer and sugar with coffee creamer. And <laughs> that's about like, that's about it. Um, so I'm still doing that. And right now, yeah. And right now I'm down to like 224. And I mean, it was just, but I you was, look great. Like, I don't want to be weird, but like, you look, you look pretty good. And it's like, oh, and I look honestly, even better. 
No, you can always compliment my my my, my physical appearance. And I'm gonna tell you this: I look a lot. I look even better than the last time you saw me. <laughs> Very nice. You know what? I'll tell you too. Going black. I used to put like a ton of creamers in my coffee. Black coffee. Just going black coffee because Psycho Mike, oh, who yeah. was on Love Line, I think he quit recently. Like I see him at my little boutique gym. Uh, he was on the radio one time talking about like go black coffee. He's like, I only drink water and black coffee. And I'm like, oh, I'll give that a shot. And so uh, that was a huge thing. I know. I really probably just, I just find the taste of it gross right now. And like, um, I, Galhar makes fun of me for it all the time. Like how much coffee creamer I use. And I know I needed, it would be great if I, if I just cut that out. I just, I just probably mean yourself. Yeah. I should probably, I probably should do that. That's something I should work on the next couple months, but yeah. And right now I'm, I'm on a pretty, I'm on a really strict diet and like, I'm trying to get down to like closer to 200 by the time I, you know, come back, start, start, working every day at nfl again in july or whatever but we'll see how it goes i'm 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 trying to look like michael b jordan from creed that's the goal right now yeah but that's a good idea no but to be honest with you it's just it's it i just was tired of like putting it off and it was just the timing was perfect and uh, where i was in my life and it was just like i'm just gonna do this and it's something i'm gonna actually write about this um once the draft is over i'm gonna write something about it and put it on my website so you all can look forward to reading that but always look forward to talking to adam rank one of the greatest people that i that i get to work with um rank i always give i'm not gonna stop it uh it's not like your competition's that great let's be honest no i'm just kidding um but before we get out of here i always give the guest uh one last opportunity to say whatever is on their mind on their you know whatever they want to say the floor is yours before i yank it back out from under you in a few minutes oh that's very nice of you um i'm at two percent too so i'm glad that you're giving me this opportunity um (laughs) You know what I want to do? I want to, I want to spend some time right now uh, putting over Matt Harmon. I really, oh, like, I don't know. Uh, listen, I know I, I know I probably sound like an asshole and, like, people, if you listen this long, like, seriously, you're a, a great human being. But, uh, but in all honesty, the, the, the Mike Trout start and all that stuff notwithstanding, um, one of the cool things in this business uh, and getting to a point where I'm not like I'm a superstar or anything, like, I don't think like that, but I've, I'm old and I'm you know, getting on at some point, you know, I'm going to be replaced by somebody. Um, But I just want to say that, like, when I see somebody like you and somebody who comes in who's young and enthusiastic, uh, it really makes me feel good about uh, how, how, how the business is going and the people who are going to be carrying on this tradition for years into the future. And I really did enjoy everything. And I I did, I still do. I enjoy everything you do. I think you have the right persona i love your voice and i love everything that you're doing and i think that it is only a small matter of time before you are probably if not the biggest you will be one of the biggest stars in this industry i love the way you're bringing in actual film watching with actual statistical analysis and all that kind of stuff and i think you're really taking a medium that that needed to be you know taking forward a little bit more and really doing a great job with that stuff so i appreciate everything you do i think uh you've been a huge benefit to the NFL media group. And I appreciate everything that you're bringing um, to the, to the product. And I think um, the future, the future looks great and it's cool. It's kind of, it's kind of cool to look back. And I know some people would look at it as competition, but I look at it as like, we're all in this together and people like you are really taking this forward and everybody um, who's a part of it. So thank you for doing it. Thank you for being you. And thank you for having me on. This was really an honor. Honestly, um, this was a big thrill for me. I, I know I come off like an asshole to a lot of people. So I was, I was touched that you would even give me more than five minutes to sit here and ramble on about nonsense. 
and do all that stuff. And it's a lot of fun. And I really can't wait for you to come back. And uh, we're going to have a kick-ass year this year, I think. Yeah, well, that was way too nice and i i really appreciate you saying all that and, and i i feel very much the same way about you like that that that's that rocky start we had was only the oh, we we're just getting that shit out of the way before we became basically was good. Basically, basically best friends and uh yes. no <laughs> no I, I i love rank he was one of the more one of the more helpful people to me so that's why i definitely wanted to have you on and i knew you'd i knew you'd tell some damn good stories and i and i definitely <laughs> think you i definitely think you have and and what you mentioned there about like it's not competition. You know, like I say this a lot on the show, like we're all in this together and the people that, you know, Matthew Berry said it on, on, on the show. Like if you, if you have that mindset that it's always competition and you're always looking over your shoulder, that comes from a very insecure place. And you, it's probably, it says a lot about you and it, it will eventually, it will eventually be some your downfall in some way. Like in, it, it just, we're all in this together. There's more than enough space for all of us. And you know, there's, there's more than enough space for all you listeners in here. And I really appreciate how many of you guys have tuned in. It's, it's actually pretty astounding that you guys listen to this show and listen to me ramble or listen to me ramble on and bring on, but I do bring on some great guests. So thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. If you like the show, please make sure to rate and review the podcast. And I thank you all so much for listening today. And I hope you learned something.